You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome and happy Valentine's Day. Our take on it is to put the focus on care. And we start with home care. The home care industry is taking its case to Queen's Park today with a different spin on the government's own slogan. The campaign is called called End Hallway Healthcare, and it aims to convince the four Tories to increase funding for home health care by 20% or $600 million. Now, this is an old story for our listeners. Every day, there are about 4,000 patients in Ontario hospitals when they don't need to be there because they have nowhere to go and not enough support at home. Governments have been adding money to home care, but it is not enough. And I, for one, think that lack of funds is not the only problem. We want to hear from you about problems that you have getting access to home care. Do you get the amount you're supposed to get? What are the difficulties? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, we are going to Sue Vanderbent, the CEO of Home Care Ontario, and Miranda Ferrier, the president and founder of the Ontario Personal Support Workers Association. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, Libby. Okay, let's start with Sue. Uh, So... Is you're, you're asking for quite a lot of money. Um, first of all, in the last couple of weeks, I've talked to two federal ministers, the seniors minister as well as the finance minister, and they keep pointing to the $6 billion for health care in the last budget. Of course, that was for the whole country. But what happened to that money? Well, at this point, I'm not exactly sure. We haven't seen anywhere near that kind of portion proportion of, of funding coming into Ontario. Uh, what we're talking about, Libby, here is enough money to purchase 9 million more PSW visits and 5 million more nursing and therapy visits. I mean, we're trying to concretize this big number, which I, I realize is a big one, but we're trying to concretize it into what would it mean on the ground for patients uh, of Ontario to be able to get more nurses and more uh, PSWs and therapy visits. I'd like to bring Miranda Ferrier into the conversation. And uh, it's not just a matter of money, but I believe there's also an issue of the working conditions for personal support workers, Miranda. Absolutely, Libby. I mean, currently right now in home care, they're desperate for personal support workers. What we're seeing across the province of Ontario is a massive decline in in PSWs, uh, people becoming personal support workers, and also a huge amount of PSWs leaving the field because of the working conditions. And uh, some of those working conditions, what I've been hearing, uh, including from personal support workers, is, for instance, a lot of them are not guaranteed uh, full hours, so that if they have a patient, a client, and something happens to that client, which happens a lot in this type of vulnerable population, uh, and the client's not at home, they might only get half their hours that week or a third or, or something like that. How much of a problem is that, Miranda? 
Oh, it's a huge problem, but that's been an ongoing problem for many, many years in the in the in the home care sector for personal support workers. I mean, you're right, Libby. We can go from working sixty hours in a week to suddenly losing three or four clients due to you know placement in long term care or hospital stays or you know they pass away, and suddenly we're down to two hours a week. So there's no guarantee in hours or in pay. So it's a really tough job to do. Uh, Sue, uh, how would you see that fixed? Well, our problem is exactly what Miranda's talking about, is we need to address uh, making a work-life balance and a proper job for our PSWs, and that's what we've recommended as one of our uh, solutions, which is certainly to end what we're calling uh, short visits. So sometimes uh, PSWs are asked to do uh, visits as short as 15 minutes or even half an hour possibly to do a bath. Uh, and we have to consider the fact that these uh, staff are going from home to home in in inclement weather, uh, snowstorms, etc., um, and that you know sometimes they need additional help in the home. So it takes more than one PSW to uh, lift or manage a, a patient. So uh, we we need to make this job a better job. Uh, for our PSWs, so improving scheduling and also uh, allowing them to uh, learn how to be uh, receive more training and credentialing. So there's lots of things in our paper uh, that we've issued uh, for our campaign, and uh, it's called endhallwayhealthcare.ca. If you go onto that website, you'll see the kinds of reforms that we're suggesting that will make the home care work uh, much more um, easy for people to say, yes, I can make a career out of that. And that's what we want to do. Uh, is part of the problem, uh, what some people say is part of the problem, is the fact that there there are now a lot of small home care businesses that are involved in this, and they're just not of a scale where they could, for instance, guarantee a personal support worker a full week of work, uh, no matter what happens. Is Do you see that as a problem, Sue? Well, you know, I think uh, all providers are having this problem, uh, particularly in the publicly funded sector, uh, where there there are very strict guidelines related to the scheduling of the PSW. Uh, But what Miranda said is really the, you know, the bigger problem, which is that uh, we are not attracting enough people and um, we are not retaining enough people to stay in the field. So we've got to fix both those ends of the problem. I mean, uh, PSWs are are skilled workforce, and they're also people that have other options in the health system as well um, as in the other parts of the economy. So we've got to make home care a more attractive place to work. But I have to tell you this, that all the PSWs I've ever talked to, I mean, they love the work, they love the people that they look after, and they want to have a caring, therapeutic relationship with them. And I think that Miranda would agree with that. Uh, You know, it's a good job uh, when we get those uh, parts of it right, that right now we feel need a lot of attention. Miranda, do you agree with that? Do you think that having uh, so many small agencies involved uh, that perhaps can't guarantee a full work week, do you see that as a problem? 
I think, like uh, like like Sue was saying, I think that you know all home care agencies are struggling to fit the need at this point, regardless if it's a small little home care company versus uh, a big you know Lynn contracted one. I think that the real issue is is and Sue was bang on here, Libby is is personal support workers who work in home care. I mean, it takes a certain type of person, a special type of person to be a personal support worker, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, they love their clients and they love the job. But Libby, they are so burnt out and they are exhausted and they feel that they aren't able to do their job to the best of their abilities. And so that's when we start seeing them starting to siphon out of the field. Uh- We are expecting a massive reform of the administration of this. The CCACs, the Community Care Access, that used to um, be in charge of allocating this, uh, have been uh, abolished but subsumed into another level of administration. So uh, do you think that is going to help Sue Vanderbent? Well, it's a... I think it's pretty clear to both Miranda and I that the system needs a lot of attention. Uh, and I would say that the thousands of people that have been asked in the many reports that have been done believe that our system needs to improve. So we need to use, uh, look at some new models and new approaches. Uh, we need to look at how we can collaborate more with, with all system partners, like our hospitals, our family doctors, our mental health and addiction stakeholder partners, uh, to, to have them to be able to get more frontline care to the patient. Uh, I think that's uh, part of our our need now in terms of uh, system reform. Uh, I'd like to give the numbers out again, uh, audience, listeners. I'd really like to hear from you. I know uh, we have many, many people who have called in about their experiences with healthcare. I know that often uh, you're supposed to get an hour or two hours and you end up with a lot less than that. The, the personal support worker comes in and then has to leave almost as soon as they get there. I'm not quite clear on how and why that happens or uh, I know Uh, from people who need a little bit of respite, who are caregivers for their loved ones, and they need a little bit of a break, and it's very hard to access. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I am talking to Sue Vanderbent, who's the CEO of Home Care Ontario, and Miranda Ferrier, who is the president and founder of the Ontario Personal Support Worker Association. And Miranda What's your take on the role of the way home care is administered? It seems like there is a lot of administration in the ratio to the actual frontline care that's provided. Oh, absolutely, Libby. I mean, I think the way that, like Sue just mentioned, we have to look at how it's done. We have to look at different ways of doing it. I think it's been proven that this model does not work. So therefore, I say we look at different models from across the world where it actually is successful um, and and possibly implement some changes there. I mean, you were just talking about people not receiving the two hours that they're supposed to get and why the personal support worker is only there for, you know, 45 minutes as opposed to the two hours that they're supposed to be there. And that boils down again to we need system changes. The scheduling in home care is atrocious. I'll just be honest. I know a lot of home care companies try their best 
to, you know, make the scheduling doable for personal support workers. But when you're looking at the short shifts uh, that Sue mentioned, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour, you know, you could be in Toronto, one in a Toronto for that shift, and then you have to be across Toronto for the next shift that starts, Libby, five minutes after you're done your last shift. So we really need to look at the full system and, and make the changes necessary so that this is successful. Yeah, but I mean, who allows that to happen with like at least two levels of administration? Uh, you know what? It really boils down to you know there's there's scheduling coordinators, uh, there's you know there's nursing supervisors. It really is the coordinators, and and they have one heck of a mammoth task, and they do try to do their best as well. But there really is a missing link here. There's something. Not quite right, Libby, with with that situation. I would say there's plenty not quite right. Let's hear from Paul in Woodstock. Hi, Paul. And Libby, it's great to talk to you again. We we did talk before. My comment is, uh, my comment is, bureaucracy is not going to solve this problem. If they want to solve the problem, they have to go to the people who do the job and listen to what they have to say. My daughter did work in the home care industry for a little while, and she was so disheartened by the way it was being run that, that she left that and went back into the hospital. She's an RN, and uh, until they listen to the people who are actually doing the job, they're not going to solve this problem. They can throw all the money they want at it, but until they talk to the people that do this work, they're not going to solve this problem, Libby. Okay, thanks for that, Paul. Let's go to Sue in Brampton. Hi, Sue. Hi. Okay, I had a PSW in Scarborough after a foot injury, and it was assessed that I needed one for an hour a day for five days. Mm-hmm. Okay, I really didn't need, all I needed was someone to come and just supervise me showering, but because it had been assessed, the girl had to stay there for the hour. So there should be a better assessment method. Talk to the client as well, let's just see what they really need. And another suggestion I have is maybe have the PSW on a salary basis, a guaranteed income. Yeah, I think that would be nice. Miranda, what do you think of that? <laughs> actually, there's a lot of home care companies that are actually currently playing with that idea, Libby. Um, yeah. So there's, there's some really big home care companies that have taken the positive approach and they've taken the initiative and they are looking at a salaried approach or full-time opportunities for PSWs in home care. Yeah, it would make sense to me that they would yeah. pay, you know, guaranteed a certain amount of work, whether they're working it or not. And I think you'd be able to attract more PSWs in that way. And also talk to the client, because I really didn't need anyone for that hour every day, you know? Uh, Yeah, that's interesting, Sue. Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Let's go to Linda in Toronto. Hi, Linda. Oh, hi there. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say that when the system is working really well, it has a lot of really wonderful benefits and a great alternative to being in a hospital bed or being in a nursing home when you don't need to be. Um, But what I found as a caregiver is sometimes I know it's really challenging for PSWs. It's a really hard job and not always very well you know, uh, seen in the public's eyes and appreciate it. But when you have good working conditions, um, good pay, good hours, you will likely attract the best. And I think that's what's missing. In my experience, sometimes what they actually do is um, they make short visits because they want to close the gap. 
Um, I've learned a lot about terminology. Gap is sometimes when they have a gap in their schedule and they might not want to go to Tim Hortons to wait for an hour or wherever out in the cold and waiting. And get paid. And what they do is that they'll close the gap, so they'll leave a little orderly to go to the next home, but they always get paid. Exactly. So even if they stay for 15 minutes, they will get paid for an hour. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe that setup isn't working for them. And what I found when it's not working for them, it isn't going to work for the client. So I want them to be happy because then it translates into better service for for myself. And in one case, you know, I had a a PSW tell me um, she couldn't make it one day. She had a dental appointment. This was at the very beginning when I didn't know any better. And what I then learned is that, oh, they actually got paid for that, and it's written down that they showed up, but they actually didn't. And I actually lost my two hours for that week. I could have actually rescheduled it on a different day. But I understand that they're under pressure. They need to make money. It's not guaranteed money. So how can they live? But then how can I live, too? That's a a very interesting point. Thanks for that, Linda. Thank you. And uh, Sue, I know you have to go. Uh, What would you like to leave us with? Well, I think your last caller raised some interesting points. So it's important for your listeners to know that this is an old system. It was designed really, and it really hasn't changed much in its design uh, probably for 20 years. So it's based on a time for task, and it's really... Uh, the PSWs get paid on a time for task, and that that is that's that was the the previous government's um, way of managing it. It was also, in fairness, designed at a time when home care was not uh, seen as being uh, as, as absolutely important as it is today. So, this is this is part of the root cause of uh, the problem that your last caller has really identified and described so well. So the fact is that we need, this is one of those sort of process reforms uh, that, that needs to be uh, looked at uh, by our new government to say, how do we modernize and how do we uh, make some transformational changes to really um, address the problems that people have today? Because people are coming out of the hospital with very complex wounds with very complex problems and maybe some of the callers that you've had haven't experienced that but in fact it's very complex nursing it's very complex PSW work uh, we're we're looking after more and more patients who are dying at home and who need who need that kind of support we're looking after people who have congestive lung problems and who have serious heart problems and so these people are very fragile and could be going back to the hospital in a minute if if they become unstable. And so this is how we get into hallway health care, uh, the problem, and why we're seeing people pool in the hospital, in both the emergency and, and in the medical and surgical floors of the hospital. So it's, uh, it's an old paradigm that we could actually simply have so many people that we could pay them for a time for task. And this uh, this is uh, one of the structural problems that we are identifying. And uh, I just finished by saying that right now we have two uh, major uh, areas where I think this is being looked at. So obviously the Premier's Council um, is is taking a look at these structural and process problems. And then our own Minister of Health and Long-Term Care, Christine Elliott, 
it was the patient ombudsman for Ontario for five years, and I think she and her staff have, you know, a pretty good handle now on what are people really needing. And I'm sure um, Minister Elliott has heard many of these stories and understands that. So I, I really like the fact that your that your uh, listener uh, said that, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. We have all these gaps in a PSW's day, and it really doesn't make any sense. We've got to utilize this important workforce, the home care workforce, much better than we do today. Okay, Sue Vanderben, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Libby. Okay, uh, Miranda is staying on with us, and uh, shortly we are going to talk to Doris Greenspun from the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. Uh, Miranda, um, what do you think about what you've been hearing from Sue? Is that uh, a solution? I mean, again, these short visits, fee-for-service, all of it, I guess, plays into things. Well, it definitely does. I think that um, their whole uh, campaign that they're doing is actually really positive because, you know, they are the leaders in home care, but they are Home Care Ontario. And they represent a ton of home care companies in this province. And I think it's so great that they're bringing forward the true issues of hallway medicine in the province of Ontario. And they've come up with some pretty good ideas and recommendations in order to solve this issue. So I'm quite happy to see it. And again, I mean, I know they represent all kinds of home care companies. And perhaps that's the reason why uh, they can't make a comment about, you know, the way some of them operate and the size of some of them. But again, do you see that as a problem that there are maybe too many small players in this business? I think, I think there's a confusion there, right? I think that the, mem- the members of the public or so society, sometimes they don't know where to go, right? They don't know how to obtain home care, number one. Number two, they don't know the difference between a publicly funded home care company versus a private pay company. Right? At the association, we received tons of phone calls in a week, Libby, from families asking us to clarify that issue. Now, we typically, if it's a more complex issue, we typically do recommend that they go to a contracted Lynn company um, because they have more nursing staff available right, to assist them. Um, if they're just looking for some companion services, we typically send them to the smaller mom-and-pop shops right? that started it because of a passion. Um, so there really is... In my opinion, everybody plays a role, but I think that those roles have to be more clearly defined, and we need to stop treating home care like the wild, wild west and start having some accountability, some oversight, and actually a real layout of how this system should work. Uh, Yeah, and uh, in terms of the, you know, this is, I mean, nobody asked me how I think I should, you should, the system should be reformed, but I think that, you know, the government, governments often look at the place where the bottleneck happens, the hospitals, and they fix that first. You know, I'm wondering if if they fixed home care first, if that wouldn't be a better way of approaching it. I, I think so. I think, to be perfectly honest, I mean, the hospitals deserve a ton of, of you know, uh, attention, and changes definitely have to happen at a hospital level. But change has to happen everywhere. And I think that what we really need to pay attention to at this point is the shortage of personal support workers. I mean, you know, I have people that say to me on the weekly, Miranda, the white tsunami is coming. Well, no, it hasn't coming. It's here. And the most vital player for front line, front, front line of care in the province of Ontario, we're losing them so rapidly we can't replenish 
<laughs> the PSWs. And so we really have to look at the personal support workers. How do we keep them in the field? How do we make them happy? How do we make this a profession of choice and growth for individuals? Um, at the association, we have lobbied very hard with the new government and the former government for self-regulation of PSWs. Now, people ask me why. Why, why is that important? Well, they're not regulated, Libby, so they don't have that badge of pride. You know, not just anybody, if they were self-regulated, not just anybody could call themselves a PSW. They would be recognized and they would be respected for the job that they do. And I think really at the heart of it all, that's a big issue. Okay, I'm going to bring in Doris Greenspun, the CEO of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. Hi, Doris. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having us. Uh, You're very welcome. Now, what is your take on the solution to this problem? Well, the solution to the problem of hallway health care is about ensuring that we have robust community health services and robust primary care and robust long-term care. And you cannot have robust any of that if you do not have sufficient both numbers of qualified people and also capacity in terms of knowledge and expertise. And Ontario has the lowest RN per population in this country. So with all due respect about personal support workers with whom we work very closely, the solution is not more and more and more and more and more personal support workers. The solution is more and more regulated staff and primarily a registered nurses so that people get out of hospitals in a better way, stay in the community in a safer way, are in long-term care served in a safer way. And those are the dialogues that we are having with government. And I believe government understands that. Uh-huh, but a lot of the things that we're talking about are services that you really don't need a nurse for. And that's perfectly, perfectly fine. But let me say what we are asking and we should move sooner rather than later there, is that if you are discharged from a hospital, the first home care visit ought to be an RN, because that's the person that has the competencies, knowledge, and skills to make that assessment, and then that person will triage either to an RPN, registered practical nurse, or to a PSW. Absolutely. The first visit needs to be an RN. Uh, Miranda, do you agree with that? Um, actually, all due respect to <laughs> to Miss Greenspan, I don't agree with that. And the reason why I don't, in, in a dream world, I do. I wish that every single time that there was a first visit in home care that it could be an RN. And if we can make that happen, I'm all on board. But when you look at the deficit that this province is already under, um, our... Hello? Hello? Miranda, have we lost you? So, so to fill in there... Um, the deficit will get resolved by avoiding people from being in the hospitals and being well taken care in the community. That's number one. Number two, um, the situation is what Ontarians need. And Ontarians need the right skill mix, the right numbers, and the right knowledge and expertise. So we absolutely PSWs have a role, but it's insane to think that the first home care visit cannot be done by an RN. St. Elizabeth does it all the time. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Libby. I, I, first of all, i got to say, on a personal basis, I have excellent PSWs. In uh, we, we've got some kind of... Uh, Stephen, are you still there? Okay. 
what happens is when you're discharged from the hospital, the doctor tells the uh, agency what kind of care you need. The doctor has no idea. Maybe in regards to nursing, yes, but in regards to PSW, the hospital should be sending in, uh, they have social workers, they should be sending in a social worker, see what your home environment is and what kind of care you're going to need at home. Uh, that's my suggestion. Okay, Stephen, thanks for that. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of suggestions, and we are all waiting breathlessly to uh, hear what the government has in mind. For some reason, we lost Miranda Ferrier, but uh, we did have a chance to hear from her quite fully, I think. And I'd also like to thank Doris Greenspun, uh, for from the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. And here you have actually the effectiveness of RNs in terms of both knowledge and financial outcomes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 